The countdown to the next World Cup starts here. No, not that one. This is cricket, only better. Welcome back to Cricket Only Better. This is Ed Hawkins of betting.betfair and this is episode 169. Very much a traditional feel this week. A test match to look forward to. We're taking a long-term view and a couple of ODIs as well. Over to Sam Collins. That's right, Edward Hawkins. This week we are test cricket. We are one-day cricket. We will talk Pakistan versus England and in ODIs, New Zealand versus India and Sri Lanka versus Afghanistan. First of all, let's say hello to betting dog betfairs, Paul Krishnamurti. Hello, Paul. Hello, Sam. Hello, hello. And a warm, warm, warm welcome to sportinglife.com, Richard Mann. Hello, Richard Mann. Lovely and warm. Hello, Sam. Excellent stuff. Right, they'll come up with their best bets at the end of the show, so stay tuned. Bit more flesh on the bones, please, Edward Hawkins. Yep, it's team news, it's pitch data, it's in-play angles, it's trades, and win rates for top performers across those ODI matches that we have mentioned. And Paul Krishnamurti, the word on the street is you are uh, on treble collection duty. So let's get on with the show. Pakistan have named their squad to face England in the first test in Ralpindi on December the 1st. Betfair Sports book prices for the game one, for game one rather, 5-4 to four Pakistan, 11-4 to four the draw, 13-8 to eight England. Hawkins, what's the squad news? Well, interesting for us, there's no Fawad Alam and there's no Shaheen Shah Afridi. Now that's significant. Uh, because we like to bet on them, frankly, uh, with bat and ball respectively for top run scorer honours and top wicket taker honours. So it's a bit of a shame that those opportunities are taken away from us. Afridi might come back before the end of the series, but we doubt it. Uh, on the plus side, Fahim Ashraf returns to this squad and he's always been a great piece of value with bat or ball. He's a tremendous all-rounder. And interestingly, Pakistan have picked Abra Ahmed, a leg spinner googly, Five five fours domestically uh, and is well fancied to go well against an England team who could suffer traditionally against spin. What do you make of Pakistan's squad, Richard, man? Yeah, interesting. I can understand how I'd go in sort of a poor year and he, he seems to have been exposed against pace and, and I guess Pakistan will feel that that will be England's trump card. Don't forget when Australia did so well here a few months back, it was with pace, Pat coming reverse swinging it. Um, so that will be the, w- the way England have to go, I suspect. Um, nice to see Shan Massoud get a go, and I think now he might slot into the middle order. Obviously, you know, fans of county cricket will see how well he's done um, domestically for Derbyshire in the four-day game. Obviously, had a good T20 World Cup, so Shan Massoud, hopefully, has uh, a big series in the offing from him. Okay. Um, Pukhajnamati, can England really play ultra-aggressively in Pakistan, uh, or is it going to be attritional? cricket that wins the day well i'm hugely skeptical they can and that is certainly how cricket in the subcontinent always has been and we've watched it over the years um i mean it's really great to just have test cricket back as well that's the first thing um i think that england are a terrible price for this game 2.98 you know we always said that there was a very good chance that that optimistic new regime 
would fade later on when conditions changed. And remember, England just a few months ago were an abysmal side with an especially abysmal record on the road and against spin. And frankly, uh, um, this Abra Ahmed, an unknown leggy, doesn't bode well for England in my view. Okay, uh, Richard Mann, is Liam Livingston a test player? And are England reliant on Mark Wood's fitness? I'll say no to Livingston, just nothing against him, but we've seen it with Roy, we've seen it with Hales. They just weren't able to transfer those skills to test cricket, and I suspect Livingston will be the same. Massively reliant on Mark Wood. As I just mentioned, Pat Cummins, Mitchell Stark for Australia. It was with reverse swing, and Wood really is England's best exponent of that. He's their fastest bowler. They'll want him to play every game, but his recent injury record would suggest that that won't be possible. James Anderson's a, a fine um, exponent of reverse swing, but you just wonder now at his age whether he's quite got the pace to pull it off. Um, and the other thing tactically for England, which is interesting, is Anderson's bowled really well in the subcontinent the last few years. Don't buy into this Cloudison nonsense that goes around. He was brilliant in India two winters ago. His record in the UAE against Pakistan is phenomenal, but he's tended to bowl dry um, and hope that others can can be the point of difference around him. And, and if they haven't been able to do that, England have struggled. Now, if Wood isn't fit or isn't fit to play all the games, what will Anderson do un- under this McCullum regime that's all about attack hunting for wickets? I don't think it'll suit Anderson. And I think England could come up short there because they don't have the spin options. Okay. Um, can I just pick you up very quickly there? You talked about Hales and Roy. Um, this is a different regime, isn't it? Do you think Livingston has a better chance than they did? That's an excellent point, actually. Yeah, that that that's a really good point to make. And and on that basis, he probably does. And I think they've picked him because he's a bits and pieces cricketer. He can bowl off spin, he can bowl wrist spin, terrific fielder, and he can bat a bit. It's the batting that concerns me, really. They're still going to need runs from him. Is he technically good enough to bat on a day three, four pitch against against what might be world-class spin. That would He hasn't played any red ball cricket. I just don't see how his defensive game will be in, be in the right place. But I do take your point, actually. It's an excellent point and one worth bearing in mind. He does have a better chance than those guys. I do have the occasional excellent point in my locker. Thank you, Richard Mann. Um, we'll, of course, cover the three-test series on the cob. But for now, it's just a distant something in the future a few weeks down the line. Um, and we better get on with the games. First ODI, New Zealand versus India, Friday, 1.30am UK timing from Eden Park, live on BT Sport. Betfair Exchange with almost identical personnel had this as a choice affair in the final T20. Uh, Hawkins, do you have a lowdown? Mm, yeah, I've got one of those. I've got the teams for you, potential teams. Alan Conway Williamson, we don't expect him to miss at the ODI series. He's had a appointment, a medical appointment, which kept him out of the last T20, but... Uh, there's no fitness concerns, apparently. Latham Phillips, Mitchell Neesham, Santner Southie, Ferguson and Matt Henry coming into this ODI team, we think. India, Dewan Gill, Shreyas Yadav, Pant Huda Thakur, Sundar Chahal Umran and uh, Arshdeep. Uh, a pitch for you. Uh, one ODI in the last five years, unfortunately, which is an absolute nightmare. I, I hate betting on games when uh, I don't know what the pitch is doing. Don't know, I'm sure the guys will agree with me. New Zealand did defend 273 against India. That was their last game uh, played there. I think it was 2018, 2019. There's been no 50 over games domestically either in the last two seasons in New Zealand. So we are betting blind as the pitch is concerned. New Zealand, uh, well beaten 3-0. 
by Australia in their last outings. India, 2-1 winners over a decent South Africa team. Okay, Paul Krishnamurti, what should the odds be? So we're assuming they're going to be evens-evens. I would make India very slight favourites. I was amazed they were the outsiders in the first couple of T20s. And I think they're the better side over that format. But I reckon this is probably New Zealand's best format overall. So I certainly don't think there's a clear edge. Um, and as always um, in New Zealand, you've got to really wait until the day and the weather forecast. You know, the toss could end up really critical. At the moment, it's, it's fine. So I would expect actually plenty of runs on this pitch because the boundaries are very much within range. We haven't seen much over the years in ways of big scores but the number of sixes in those previous matches suggests that a 350 or something is possible. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, Richard Mann, do we have to be careful to ignore T20 form, do you think? Uh, Williamson's been dreadful for the Kiwis, but in ODI cricket, he's traditionally very strong. Yeah, I, I just think about New Zealand, Zealand generally, actually, I think we always felt in that that World Cup that they could get out-muscled somewhere along the line, and, and they did, didn't they, by Pakistan and England in the group stages. This is just a step slower for them and, and clearly suits their players better. And you can say the same about India as well, actually. I mean, Rashad Pant, ridiculous to say, but his, his T20 numbers for India of late haven't been great, but this format gives him a better chance. Guys like Shariah, um, Shubman Gill, excellent ODI cricketer. Um, so I think these two, this is a better format for both sides, actually. Um, probably should make for a good matchup. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, anything in play, fellas? Tech angle, trade perhaps? Paul Krishnamurti? Yeah, um, both sixes and runs related. First of all, the average number of sixes in ODIs at Eden Park is 13.4 from seven last seven matches. That's huge. Normally it's about eight and a half. Um, and notably, in that department, even though India will definitely start favourites for that most sixes market based on the T20 series, New Zealand are ahead. Their last 10 matches, they've hit 56 to India's 48. So New Zealand could be a good outside bet. And also, just back to what I was saying about the runs. Um, so don't, there's never been any huge scores there. I think 308 is the highest. Um, but in the penultimate match there, 299 got chased off 43 overs in a duck with Lewis. So it's clearly possible. And I think that might be a bit under the radar because of the past history. And, you know, those bigger bands, 330, 350, could be really big prices at the start. Okay, uh, Richard Mann. One that interests me, uh, Shikha Dewan's going to captain for India, be opening the batting, and he's played 16 ODIs in 2022, strike rate of just 74. I'm a big fan of Shubman Gill, but he, he likes to take his time early. Shariah's at number three. Um, I just wondered if New Zealand, when the price up, might be a bit of value to score the highest first 15 overs, even with Williamson in there, stinking the place out, as Ed Hawkins would say. I'm just thinking Arlen and Conway, um, and a very good New Zealand attack as well, very miserly. I just wondered if if they were odds against, they might be the, the value to score the quickest 15 overs. India's way is to build, build, start slowly, and then accelerate later on, and I don't see that changing here against such a good attack. Okay, thank you very much. Over to Hawkins for the tops. Yeah, top run scorer and top uh, wicket taker, potential angles for you. I think we mentioned Gill some time ago when they were playing in West Indies, what a, a terrific performer he was in ODIs for India. Well, he's won four of the last nine. This is two-year form. They've really not been playing ODI cricket, as you know, because it's all been about the T20 cycle. We're now coming into the ODI cycle with the World Cup next year, but uh, that's what we've got to go on, two-year form and just nine games for Gill. 
uh, but four wins. Chahalas five re- returns in 11, expecting him to be 11 to four Betfair Sportsbook. Shadal uh, Thakur's five returns in 12, possibly four to one. The Kiwis have seven, seven different top run scorers in their 12 games in the last two years, none more than uh, two. Two each, Latham and Allen. So nothing really to go on there in terms of win rates, I'm afraid, everybody. Uh, however, uh, I'm, I bet you any money Richard Mann's going to talk about Matt Henry. Actually, you may as well pass over to Richard Mann to talk about uh, Matt Henry as soon as possible. Back to you, Sam. Okay, um, Richard Mann, do you want to talk about Matt Henry? Oh, I'd love to, yeah. Terrific bowler. And actually, I think he'd be more of a, a red ball cricketer, but great record in this format. But uh, this week, I'm more excited about Shubman Gill. If there's any three to one about top India batsman, I'll be snapping that up. He, he averages 57 in this format. Ridiculous. Comes into this on the back of 126 in a T20 domestic match for Punjab. Uh, and he, to me, he's a terrific batsman who's getting better and better. Um, He's not got much to beat in Dewan in the opening. It's, it's more about Sky Yadav, isn't it? Um, but if he's three to one, I'll be taking that. And I think he, you've got a um, split stake in the top match batsman, given he's an opener as well. I'm hoping for a juicy price there. Okay. Um, Paul Krishnamurtiu, do you have anything to say about Matt Henry? Not about Matt Henry, but I'm very happy to endorse the guys on uh, Shubman Gill. And I think you'll get your three to one, Rich, because of Yadav. Okay. Yadav is so short now. You might even get seven to two. Um, but despite that, I, I'm just going to make the case for backing a finisher here because of the six hit, sixes hit of this ground. Uh, looking at the scoring in those previous matches, it seems like there's a lot of dot balls and a lot of sixes. Right, so there is mileage for someone to uh, make up ground late, and I'm thinking Deepak Huda, who's going off at nice prices, Shardworth the core maybe, often 33-plus. Or for New Zealand, I'd go one in the middle order, probably Daryl Mitchell, but you could also look at Nisham, Santner, even Bracewell at big prices. And uh, given that Ed's already pointed out that Shardell Thakor's got a great record on the um, wicket-taking front as well, perhaps worth a small bet for man in a match. Shardell uh, and uh, Bracewell actually got wins uh, on top-run scorers in the last two years. Uh, so uh, mm. not um, not bad prices, I expect. I'm going to have to jump back in quickly. Deepak Shahar for India, swing bowler, um, done really well in his, his short ODI career so far. These conditions could really suit him. He'll open the ball in. Um, I think in the man of the match market, he could be really interesting because he could shape the game in the power play with the ball and he can bat as well. Very handy number eight batsman. I think he'd be underestimated in the betting in all aspects, Deepak Shahar. I'm expecting him to have a good series. Okay, thank you very much. Um, any other business, feathers? Yeah, um, the odds aren't out yet, so can only really judge when they do. But I think there could be some potential in the both to score market. I'd be interested in taking like attractive odds, three to one, four to one plus, about th- both to score three hundred in. Okay, um, Richard Mann, I'm out. Thank you very much. Betting.betfair will be covering this one, of course. There are bet offers for the Football World Cup on site, so check them out as well. Terms and conditions apply over 18s only, and please do visit begambleaware.org. Sri Lanka versus the Afghanistanis next. First one-day international, Sri Lanka versus Afghanistan, 9am UK time, Friday from Kandy. Sri Lanka 1.52, Afghanistan 2.7. Hawkins, tell us what you know. 
Well, I don't know much, but I've had a go at some teams for you. Sri Lanka haven't named their squad yet, which isn't particularly helpful, is it, when you're doing a betting preview? But we think uh, that, uh, for example, there's going to be no Angelo Matthews or Karen and Ratney either. That's the word coming out of Sri Lanka. So they might line up something like this. Nisanka and Kusal opening the batting. Asalanka, Dan and Jaya. Rajapaksa, Shanaka, Winnado Hasaranga is in there. Uh, Lakshan coming in instead of Karen Naratni is in the all-rounder slot. Uh, and then they might just go overloading on spin with Thik Shiana, Wellalage, who was absolutely terrific in their uh, series against Australia. Or they could go Rajitha and Van der Sey has been t- taking loads of wickets and we think Lahiro will play as well. So they'll uh, get rid of a couple of spinners there out of the ones we've named. Afghanistan, Gerbaz, Ibrahim, Shah, Hashmatullah is the captain, Najibullah, Nabi, Omar Zai, Rashid, Mujib, Farid and Faruqi. Your Palakaleli pitch, 10 games last five years. Your average run rate is six. So we're expecting 300 for a minimum on this one. It's a flat one. Five times in that sequence, both teams have scored 280. A little bit of form for you. Sri Lanka beat Australia 3-2 at home in November. And on the head-to-heads, it's 3-1 to Sri Lanka. Afghanistan got their win in 2018. Okay, uh, Richard Mann, did Afghanistan scream value to you? Not after that lowdown, no. Um, Sri Lanka beat in Australia, good head-to-head record against Afghanistan. Sri Lanka beat them in the T20 World Cup as well. And look, I was a bit disappointed with Afghanistan at the World Cup. They should have beat Australia, got themselves in a really good position, um, then, then a big collapse. And I, they're just kind of not there for me. And I, as much as I've been critical of Sri Lanka... They're kind of grinding out results. They had a decent T20 World Cup. They won the Asia Cup. I know this is 50 overs, but as we've said there, they beat Australia in November. So I just think they'll be too good, too streetwise, too solid, really. But I wouldn't want to play at 1.52 either. Okay. Uh, Paul Krishnamurti, if this was a T20, we'd be all over Afghanistan. But Sri Lanka form impressive for you here? Yeah, that's exactly right. And I agree with everything Rich said. I mean, Sri Lanka are... They're, they're a more accomplished, proven 50 overside. Look at that home record. It wasn't just Australia, also beat South Africa in a home series. And whilst Afghanistan have had a good 22, they're playing lesser lesser teams. They're just, they've only ever beaten Sri Lanka, Bangladesh and West Indies amongst the um, main test player nations, so all the lower division. So, yeah, I think the betting's right, about 1.5. But I, I do think they'll win. Okay, thank you very much. Usual questions now about in-play angles, trades, etc. to Richard Mann first and then to Paul Krishnamurti to pick up. Yeah, I do expect this new Sri Lanka opening pair, uh, Nisanka and Kusal Mendes, two very solid players um, to form a good opening partnership. And I think going buying buying first wicket runs for Sri Lanka, probably the way to go. It didn't work out in the World Cup. They were kind of one was making runs and the other wasn't, and vice versa. But I do think it's a solid pair. Won't take a lot of risks, and I'd definitely be going overs on first wicket partnership for Sri Lanka long term anyway. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Paul Krishnamurti. Yeah, so um, Ed mentioned the high run rate here, so 300 the uh, target. Now, I agree, but I don't, I'm wary, I'm skeptical that the betting will represent anything like that because I've seen this before in games in Sri Lanka. They price all the grounds up the same, and Palakili is a much better batting track than the others in Colombo. 
So there might be a bit of value there. And I'm just going to say, I mean, this is where I think the line would be. I think that if Sri Lanka back first, the line will be 270. And I'm going to be looking at back 290 plus, at maybe around 2 to 1. And if it's Afghanistan who back first, the par will be around 240 to 250. So I'll either back the 260 or 270 line, hopefully at about 2 to 1. And likewise, um, both to score 275 could well be an attractive price. Okay. Tops, Hawkins. Yes, Nisanka has three returns in eight, but I do stress the study period is really not very long at all. Again, this is two-year form. They've not been playing ODIs. Uh, Najibullah for Afghanistan has been a favourite of ours in T20, where he's pretty reliable in ODI. He's got three wins from nine. We expect uh, a decent price on him. How often does Rashid Khan win? Top Afghanistan bowler in ODI cricket, well, it's three wins in nine, but we expect he'll be about six to four with Betfair Sportsbook. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, any players for you, Richard Mann? Yeah, Ibrahim Zadran um, hasn't played a lot of ODI cricket. What, f- uh, five games made 100 all ready, averaging close to 40, averages over, over 40 in Test cricket. He was Afghanistan, sorry, their best player at the T20 World Cup. He just looks a good player to me, only 20 years old, but um, I'd be interested in getting some sort of fours, nine to two in the top Afghan batsman market about Zadran. That'll do for me. Okay, and uh, you, Paul Krishnamurti? Yeah, um, it's the standout bit of the week, I think, is Fazal Haq Faruqi uh, to be top Afghanistan bowler, and I reckon he'll be at least 3-1 to one because of Rashid Khan's presence inside. Um, their strike rates in ODI cricket, Rashid is 26.8, Faruqi is 27.1, so nothing in it, and I reckon it'll probably be double the price. Uh, and likewise, on the batting, I would say simply pass on this anchor and hopefully he'll be boosted to about 72. Okay, lovely stuff. Thank you very much. Um, I say we're finished, but we're not because I'm going to press this. That's right. The treble klaxon is returning and it's you, Paul Krishnamurti. Okay, uh, this will pay around 40 to 1, I think. Pathan Nisanka tops Sri Lanka bat in the first ODI of Afghanistan. In the same match, Fazal hacks Faruqi to be top Afghan wicket-taker and New Zealand to score the most sixes versus India. I've got good news on treble Claxon, by the way, guys. It looks like these uh, bets will now be put up on site as a special, so do look out for that on Betfair Sportsbook uh, and you can get on Paul's... Uh, super treble which is almost certainly going to win am i right sam you're not wrong ed hawkins thank you very much best bets are next right as always best when it's best bets time we have scores we have doors and we have our friend edward hawkins yes the guys have got five units to spend how are they going to spread these points across their best bets this week. Keep your ears pinned back. Here comes Richard Mann. Right. I'm going to kick off um, with 0.75 units, Shubman Gill top India batsman versus New Zealand and 0.75 Shubman Gill top Mac batsman against New Zealand. Okay. I'll have two points on Fazal Hack Faruqi to be top Afghan wicket taker. Uh, and I'm going to, again, split stakes. Uh, 0.75 points, Deepak Shahar, top India bowler, and 0.75 points, Deepak Shahar in the Man of the Match market. OK, 
Okay, in the Sri Lanka Afghanistan uh, match, depending who bats first, two units on the overs. So for Sri Lanka, bat first, two units on 290 or more first innings runs. If Afghanistan bat first, two points on 270 or more first innings runs. Yeah, and also in the Sri Lanka Afghanistan game, I'm going to have one point Ibrahim Zadran, top Afghanistan batsman. Okay, and my final point. Half a unit each in the New Zealand India match on man of the match, Shardul Thakur and Michael Bracewell. And I'm going to finish off here. Should have mentioned him, Dan and Jay de Silva had a brilliant World Cup, who will do some bowling here. So I'm going to have um, one unit on him to be man of the match for Sri Lanka against Afghanistan. Best bets all done for you then on Cricket Only Better episode 169. Come back for 170, please, next week. That'll be in your ears from Tuesday, where we will be looking in depth properly at Pakistan versus England. We'll see you then.